0: Hello, hello. It is our favorite part of the week. It is your favorite part of the week. It is the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. To my right, it is Jacob Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. To his right, it is Linda Godfrey. She is the host of Locked On Pokes. Below her, it is John Williams. He is the host of Locked On Sooners. And to the left of John, just below me, it is Steven Simcox. He is the host of Locked On Hornfrogs. Frogs. All right, so there's a whole lot to get to. On today's show, um, I've said my piece about the Matt Wells situation, so I'm going to let you guys take the floor on this. Matt Wells is fired into his third season as a Texas Tech head coach. There are many factors. There are people who believe who is too early. There are people who believe that they did it to get a leg up on the competition kind of make contact with other coaches. There are people who believe they did it. So Sonny Cumbie, the offensive coordinator, now interim head coach, can get a chance to prove himself. I want to get your all's thoughts on the situation and – Jacob, go to you first. Some familiarity with one Matt Wells, as he was the head coach at Utah State for a hot minute. So, your thoughts on David, well- David Wells, the pitcher? Matt Wells getting <laughs> fired?
1: Yankee legend, Texas baby. Let's State. go. Yeah. It's October.
0: <laughs> there you go. October pitching. Uh, Jacob, go to you first. Your thoughts on Matt Wells getting the axe? Texas
2: Tech.
1: I've known Matt for a long time. He was on my radio show out here in Salt Lake City weekly while he was the head coach at Utah State. So I've, I've gotten to know him fairly decently, and I felt like they short-circuited his time there. The fact that you cut him uh, two and a half years roughly into his tenure, one of those years of COVID year, just seems like it was way too short of a time period. I thought it was an odd though, originally when he made the jump to Texas Tech. I know he was trying to leave Utah State. He always wanted to get to the Power 5 level. He was looking – to find a new spot to land at i just felt like texas tech was kind of an odd spot for him to land and i i do kind of subscribe to the theory that they are giving a guy like Sonny Cumbie a chance to prove what he can do
3: from here on out linda sorry i was muted because the dog's barking um i right. think we get a very uh we have a very like instant gratification type of uh world right now and in in football, in both NFL and college, I think we can cut things a little short for coaches and players without uh, giving a fair shot. Feels a little strange unless they're trying to see what their OC has to cut a guy midseason like that. Especially with a five and two record, it's not like they're out here with a zero and 0 and seven record trying to make something work. You know, so I, I would I would assume that that their hope is somebody in staff already. Has that job locked up, John? Yeah, I mean it's it's
4: strange, you know, to see you know college head coaches fired midseason, at least as many as we've seen, and maybe it's one of those things where they're feeling some pressure to do something significant because they're a team that's probably fallen into that bottom tier of uh, teams in the Big Twelve, and then with with the new Big Twelve happening, you know, potentially they're falling even farther behind. You know, you know with the BYU and the Houston. I mean, I know they beat Houston earlier this year, but since then it's just kind of been a a want, want kind of a season for Texas tech. Uh, you know, they just got rolled by TCU a couple of weeks ago who got beat by West Virginia. And so where, where you're at as a tech fan, you, you don't even know what to think. And I mean, I will say it, it does feel short, but at the same time, if you're tech and you just don't feel like it's working and you feel like you got to make a move, sometimes it's better just to go ahead and make it. And, you know, cut your losses short and just try and do something different. Um, it, it seems like Matt Wells was a very liked guy by, mm-hmm. by all accounts. Uh, Lincoln Riley even spoke about it. You know, he's a big fan of Matt Wells. Um, was kind of surprised himself that that he was fired. But yeah, it's it's hard to say. You know, in in a in a sport where it seems like teams might hold on to a coach a little bit too long. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. To my guy. Who are you talking here. about? Who are you talking um, about? <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it's just it is kind of surprising to see somebody get get fired after just a couple of years. So yeah, Steven,
2: the timing's kind of weird. I'm surprised they didn't at least like, I don't think they're going to make a bowl game, but I'm surprised they didn't let him play these last four games out to see if they could pull off an upset. Uh, but I mean, to me, this is more about they flirted with this at the end of last season and they ended up saying, okay, we'll just get rid of the OC and Yost mm-hmm. and give them another chance. Like if you're that close to firing a coach, just fire the coach. You know, tech did this a couple of years ago with cliff Kingsbury uh hokut came out after the texas game and was like oh well cliff saved his job by beating texas like if you went into that game against texas thinking we're gonna fire this dude <laughs> what in the last three hours made you change your mind like that doesn't make any sense this is a pretty pivotal hire for texas tech though and i, I think what jake said is is interesting because Sonny Cumbie has ties to tech obviously he played there so i feel like this might be somewhat of a hey let's see if this guy has something but I really think this is more about laying the groundwork for either Jeff Trailer at UTSA or Sonny Dykes at SMU. Um, I don't know how much firing Matt a month early actually helps in that sweepstakes. But this is a program that's been bad since Mike Leach got let go. I mean, they just – like Cliff Kingsbury's doing a nice job with the Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. You had – well, except for when he plays the Titans, I guess. But you had <laughs> both those guys there at the same time, and they were still like flirting with four or five wins. Like, something's wrong there. Um, so I, I feel like you got to get this higher, right? You, you have a good basketball program. Chris Beard just left. Yeah, a really good baseball pro- program. I know Tim Tadlock's there for the long term. Like, they need to get some juice behind football again. Because when, when Tech's good, like, Lubbock is an elite atmosphere. I mean, like, that mm-hmm. place is great. And yeah, both basketball, football,
0: it. and baseball, all three of those.
2: Yes, they do. They'll. they I mean, there's nothing to do. Like, what are you going to do? You're yeah. out in West Texas, so you you go support the team. Um, don't at me. I don't like. I don't care what restaurant. No, it's, about true, it. bro. It's, true.
1: It. it's true.
4: Please don't. It's true. I went there. I went there. Hold on, real quick. I went there for you a choir it. camp before my senior year of high school, and that found sounds like out a really quickly. Time. Found out real quickly that I was not interested in going to Texas Tech so go. we're gonna circle back to that in the
2: group yeah that. that's, that, that's even, even the choir kids were like "Text not my speed brother I that'll be in me a
0: that. new segment we call west texas corner that is a new segment of the show all right so so one thing i want to mention this is brought up like this is the through line through all this um matt wells is really well liked uh yeah. jacob it sounds like you had a great experience with them right yeah U radio
1: he, he he's he, he's great, and he's always he was great. He joined us, like I said, weekly on my radio show here in Salt Lake City. It was great. Uh, he's a guy from Oklahoma. He played quarterback at Utah State, so he was he was a hometown guy when he was coaching the Aggies. I'm looking forward to seeing where he lands next. But I really do think Sonny Dykes, the whole connection with Spike Dykes and Texas Tech. That one makes way too much sense. But if they I'm just not sure they're gonna be able to leverage him out of SMU. I, I that's just my personal opinion.
0: That's a that's a big question with all this. But also too, like the coaches like him too, right? Like in riley some nice things. And then look, the guys I work with at Big Twelve today at Sirius XM Radio are, are like why they cut him loose. We love Matt Wells and he's been nothing but good to us when he comes on the Zooms and always given us time and always been really thoughtful and nice. And uh that's the thing that doesn't save your job. And 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 the other part of this too is they didn't win many games, uh, big games, I should say. Another big part of this is also this feels like something that was pressure, maybe not from Herb- Kirby Hokut, from people outside of Kirby Hocut. They're kind of doing the whole you know, committee, doing the next search thing. That's going down there now. And I think they wanted to get a jump on what could be maybe a bit more of a robust Texas college football coaching market. Steven, uh, if if things continue to develop over at TCU. I just think they wanted to start kind of getting a head start in this because here's the thing. Sonny Cumbie's a good candidate, right? Or For them, he's a good candidate. He makes a lot of sense. Does anybody know who Tech has left in their schedule? Does anybody else check besides me? Anybody else know? They have the four ranked teams in the Big 12 Conference okay, left so in their schedule. The,
1: the, the, the ranked teams. They, they, they've got a tough closing slate here.
0: And – are you – I mean, is anybody – you know, it's hard if you go 0-4 as an interim head coach to, to say, hey, hire me. Now, the problem is your interim coach going up against the four best teams in the conference, all of which have – at you know, Oklahoma's Oklahoma still. Baylor's been playing really good football. Oklahoma State's played really good football, and Iowa State's playing their best football. Um, they're not going to be favored in any of those games. <laughs> I'm not going to win any of those games. Who knows, they might. So I think it's a situation where they just wanted to get a leg up. They wanted to get a, a head start. And here's the thing, you know, I, I'll disagree with you guys a little bit, and this is just maybe me being a, a younger, younger person and, and having less perspective, but uh, I'm actually okay with the move. I, I don't – I saw what happened this past weekend. There's no excuse for losing that game, and I also think there's no excuse for delaying the inevitable. Also, if you don't plan on hiring Sonny Cumbie – then why not let him have the shot? Now it might set your recruiting back a little bit because you don't have, you're going to have a staff trying to sell kids, and they're not going to be there anymore moving forward. But look, you now, you know, you now made the choice. You you now have kind of uh, set yourself on a new course. I actually don't have a problem with it from that perspective. Although I do understand what you're saying. The COVID point is, is a great point. COVID year is a great point. But they weren't like they had Texas dead to rights last year, and didn't win that football game. They had um, uh, Kansas state dead to rights this past week and didn't win that football game. they have ab- absolutely hammered by Texas and by TC this year. TC game was at home was never close. So I just think for me, like there were some signs that it's time. I do hope Matt Wells ends up, ends up in the right place. I do think he's a decent head coach. And also I think this was, wasn't really a good fit like Texas tech. I know Mike Leach didn't have any Texas ties, but like the air raid system is something that like, – that's what is, is synonymous now at Texas Tech. And uh, I don't think – I don't think going like outside the box is like what they have to do. Like, I think they know what can get them to, to bowl games at least every single year. So I don't know if anybody else has something want to comment on anything I said there, but I just, yeah, John, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to say I think I feel like this is a situation where Tech's being – a little bit too results oriented, if that makes sense. Like mm. I know it's a, it's a business that's wins losses and that's all that matters, but when you're tech, you probably need to go back to just like process. Like mm. what is the best process to make us the most competitive for the longest period of time? And that's what they had with Michael Leach. They were content for a, for a period of time where he was getting them to eight, nine wins. Sometimes they'd jump up and have that 10, 11 win season and contend for the big 12. And then they got a little bit dissatisfied you know thinking that they were a little bit bigger than what they actually are and I think that's probably some of it is they just need to have some realistic expectations that you are Texas Tech it's it's gonna be hard to get there um, in the recruiting battle against even teams from DFW I mean you're, you're gonna have a hard time out recruiting SMU and TCU just because you're in Lubbock
0: right yeah I, so. I agree with that not the uh, kid
4: not to continue to pile on Lubbock sorry no no There's, I I <laughs>
0: No, but no, I I think you're right. And that's why it takes the, you know, that's why it might take the right kind of person. I I don't know. I think it's a combination of both process and finding the right person to do it. But I think there are some good options out there for them right now. All right. Quick word from our sponsors here before we move on. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at prize picks. You go download the app that is available in most states. You can check out the overs, the unders, the lines they have for touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards all those kinds of things the best way to play daily fantasy for college football and they've got daily fantasy for other sports as well go there today on the app you sign up use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on you get a hundred percent match on your first deposit up to one hundred dollars today that's prize picks go download the app all right so
3: this episode is brought to you by hello sign a dropbox company Sign documents 80% faster with HelloSign, the quickest way to get e-signatures for every type of document, so you can celebrate all those successful moments sooner. If you hate waiting for signatures, HelloSign is music to your ears. Try it for free today at HelloSign.com.
0: We have our, um, we have our, oh, hold on, oh, not click there. Okay, day 12 Power Rankings, new graphic, this is fun, yay, yay. Let's go back to front, actually, on this. All right, because we'll, we'll make our way to the front here in a second. Well, the last team does relate to the first team. So Kansas is still last. TCU is ninth. Maybe it's not, it's, that's maybe it's a bit unfair, but I have them with West Virginia and Texas Tech. Um, and if you guys want to check out a full kind of review and thought on TCU, Steve and I recorded an episode yesterday about it, and it's up now on uh, Locked On Big 12's YouTube and, and, and page um steven but for those who haven't heard and folks here haven't heard it describe what happened at the end of the half for tcu against west virginia because i think as opposed to going through a full diatribe about the way things are heading for tcu i think this is a really good embodiment of the things that are wrong there so go ahead and describe what happened end of first half tcu west virginia you were
2: there so yeah uh tcu's trailing 20 to 14 to west virginia Hadn't played particularly well in the first half, but they had the ball in the red zone, had a chance to score. So it was third and goal from the 15. Max Duggan hits Savion Williams on a little crossing route. He gets down to the two. Fourth and goal from the two. Clock's winding down towards halftime. TCU lets the clock run down. They call a timeout. And it seems like what you do there is you go for it. You try to take the lead. And you basically try to say, hey, we're up 21 20 at halftime. We didn't play well, but hey, Second half, we let's, let's get after this. Um, and that's what Gary Patterson chose to do at first. He sends his offense out there, um, and West Virginia calls a timeout. And then coming out of the timeout, Gary sent the field goal team out. They kick a field goal, cut it to 20-17. to 17. They didn't score again, and they end up losing that game 29-17. to 17. And you could, as, as poor Griffin Kell ran onto the field, the, the TCU kicker, you could just feel the air come out of the half-empty stadium there in Fort Worth because of, you know, the conservative call. And after the game, Gary's explanation was essentially, hey, we had a play call that we really liked. We thought they weren't going to line up right. They called a timeout. They got a look at the formation we were in, and we decided to kick a field goal, which is just a bizarre explanation to me. I feel like you you can run more than one play. I think it's legal. Like, you can choose another play. You had – at least 30 seconds. I think there was a TV timeout involved. The guy with the red sleeve was up there. So you had three minutes to figure out what you wanted to do. And they decided to kick a field goal. The defense had really struggled in the first half. It just it, it felt like kind of a microcosm of the last, you know, few weeks, few years in, in some ways. Um, so they lost the game the three and four now. They're kind of staring at not making a bowl game in the face and – uh, it's it's a weird situation, it's an awkward situation. You know, Josh, have you ever had somebody at your house that you don't want to kick out, but you're ready for them to leave? So you start saying things like, "Hey, I gotta I gotta work tomorrow," or you might get <laughs> up and try to start walking towards the door to get the momentum going. Well, Gary's not taking the hint. He's cracked open another beer. He wants <laughs> to watch another episode of Squid Game with you. He's saying stuff like, "I don't have to be up till ten tomorrow. It's all good." <laughs> and you're starting to realize the situation that you're in.
0: He will not leave. He He's won't not leaving,
2: it. brother. He's going to make this weird. You're going to have to bruise this relationship or bruise that ego, one, two. Um, so that's where TCU is, and it's it's an uncomfortable place to be uh, at, at the moment, I would say.
0: Everybody's favorite part of the week is always TCU. Is there anything yeah. else to add to TCU Corner? Never.
2: It's so, I mean, so, it's so, it's so I mean, you know, I think to give some context to it because I feel like a lot of people look at it from the outside and they're like, "What's the holdup, right? Like, why, why is this, why is this a hard decision?" Yeah, I understand. Um, And I mean, he did build the thing, so. It's, it's just tough. You but, know? like, it's that's not
0: an excuse to keep him. Like, I'm sorry. No, no, like, I'm saying you, you, you don't get it. But, like, every, but this is not just you, Stephen. Like, I was on today, and, and Dusty DeVorecheck told me. He's like, but but he, he was there when it was the whack? Okay, they're not in the whack anymore. Yeah. They're in the Big 12. And their no, recruiting class is, like, you. 50th. Like, mm-hmm. that is the problem here. Is that, that is the, He set a fantastic standard. But they're a Big 12 football team that is in the Metroplex that has had top 25 recruiting classes with a guy who is a 50 plus year old weird white man. Like they can do just as well with somebody who is not that. I can promise you that.
2: No, all, all that's fair. And I would say like he's he's at this point, he's like the guy if you've ever had a job and there's just somebody who does things blatantly wrong and you bring it up to people and they're like, well, that's just Dave. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like what, what's the deal? That's what Dave does. You know, he sticks his elbow in the sandwich and you're not gonna do anything about it. You just gotta live with it. Um, and that's sort of where he's at. But I think the boosters, like ideally what they want is to let his contract play out till 2023 and let him retire. That in my mind, that's a disastrous situation. Like that's an untenable yes. situation now yes. because things are going downhill quickly. But that's that's what they want. As we stand here on October twenty-sixth. Now, does that change if they lose to K State and Oklahoma State and Baylor down the stretch. I would hope so, and I think they're going to lose those games. But that's that's kind of where they stand right now.
0: All right, let's move on to the next game uh, or the next kind of set of things. The tenth ranked team in the power rankings is Kansas, uh, still at one and six. They played Oklahoma. Uh, your thoughts now, John, after marinating on it for a few days.
4: Um, man, it was it was a pitiful effort in the first half, if you could even call it an effort. Um, it was just a team that just didn't show up. Like, I, I've, I've wrote about it several times. I feel like I ran out of metaphors to describe um, them leaving whatever it was their helmet, their heart, their soul on the bus. And, and finally, you know, the quit hitting the snooze button and woke up at halftime. And it, it was bad, man. Just like basic things like how to defend the read option. They forgot how to do that for a half. They see the read option all the time. They see it in practice and yet they forgot how to defend it. Just really basic things like that. You know, Kansas, I mean, I feel like Kansas had a really good game plan otherwise, because I mean they they saw that Oklahoma has struggled with the read option in this this season, but they took the the air out of the ball, controlled the clock. You know, some of it was on you know, Kansas playing pretty solid football. Some of it was Oklahoma giving them yards, three offsides penalties on the first drive of the game and one of them by Brian Asamoa where he didn't even really hold up he just like straight ran through the line <laughs> like completely mistimed the, the snap and and Jason Bean played a pretty solid game and I mean he he had a 55 completion percentage coming into the game completed 74 percent against Oklahoma so some of that is pretty terrible defense by Oklahoma but I got to give some credit to Jason Bean I felt like he played a really good game but yeah basically it's just I just hope that that's just like a, a one-off situation where it's like they just decided not to show up for a half and then kind of turned it on in the second half. But even so in they the
0: were sec- in, in the second half, man. I mean, even in needed- the second
4: <laughs> half, the defense wasn't great. I mean, it took the offense scoring five straight touchdowns like on all of their drives, and it wasn't until the final two minutes of the game where Oklahoma actually put it away. And so it, it's just a, a weird, weird situation that if they play like that, any of the four games they have remaining, they're going to get beat impossibly blown out
0: all right um linda the floor is yours to express whatever you feel is is in your heart and your soul right now uh with oklahoma state losing to iowa state now what's this um saw a good angle today of the uh, of brandon presley underneath um pierce got the first down i i thought i didn't know if there was angle or not i think we can all agree that look if the lineman is over the 40 yard line probably the guy who's pushing underneath him is probably the 40 yard line as well too right I think we can all kind of yeah
3: the the big 12 refs I've like I'm used to big 12 refs kind of screwing me in Ames Iowa like I've been here before I'm having very uh familiar feelings from the 2011 season including the missed kick as soon as Tanner Brown missed that first kick and it was like 50 yards come on Mike Gundy you just decided to start this kicker. And the second one like, was worse, though. The second, the second I, one was It was worse. way worse. Hashtag
4: never kick. I, yeah, college kick,
3: Especially in Ames, Iowa, bro. Anyway, so it was a combination – because I, I do think it was Spencer Sanders' best game as a Cowboy. For mm-hmm. sure, two of his best throws, including the touchdown to Brennan Presley and the touchdown to Tate Martin, both of which were outdone by the receiving job by both receivers. So, like – He's almost even getting overshadowed by that. But I do think Spencer Sanders had a fantastic game. So it sucks he didn't get the win. I do think Brennan Presley had that first down. He was clearly on top of Danny Godlewski and, and over the first down marker. But they marked ball short that entire game. And even to give some to Iowa State, that penalty on the taunting was absurd. Warmore? It was awful. awful. And it ended up not mattering, but like, to like, what, come on, let the kid have his touchdown. Let's move yeah. on. I was not impressed with the play calling uh, at, on the offensive side of the ball at all. I think we played a very uh, just try not to lose kind of offense, which is my least favorite when Mike Gundy does that. We didn't feed Jalen Warren. He was getting like 30 uh, carries a game. We dropped it to 18 and I under understand Iowa state's defense is a little better against the run, but Jalen Warren looked great in the first half, and in the second half, we were like, "Now nah, we'll just stop doing the thing that's been working all season and see if we can figure it out another way." So, ultimately, I think it really lies on on the coaches that we didn't come out with that win.
0: I will say this: I think
3: uh, you know on and
0: in and Ames, Iowa, Iowa State was three points better. Just and and maybe you know argue they're a, a, a bad spot better. I think that game's in a neutral field. That's a deadlock. Think they played that game in uh, Stillwater. I think it's a, probably a three-point win for Oklahoma State. I think those two teams are very even. They played a they no turnovers, clean game. And I I think uh, my kind of big takeaway was I think that might actually be the future of Big Twelve football once Texas Oklahoma are left. I've uh, left. I think the teams coming in. You know, you are thinking about obviously Cincinnati hangs their head on defense. BYU depending on the year, you know, can have some good. You know, has some very has had some very good defensive years. But obviously teams like TCU normally want to hang their hats on defense. West Virginia does the same too. Uh, that could, you know, That is the best version of what maybe – Baylor obviously – of what Big 12 football could be. And I, I thought it was an excellent game. I, I thought it was a great game. The offenses made plays and they had to for each side. Defenses were there. It also if, – if Oklahoma State doesn't miss that, kicks tie game. So I, I thought it was a deadlock. I, I thought those teams were so even. And honestly, I moved Iowa State ahead because they got the win, but like – you think about these three teams right here grouped at 2, 3, and 4, and this is the exciting part about it. Oklahoma State has beaten Iowa State. Iowa State has beaten Baylor, and Baylor has beaten Iowa State. All three have not played Oklahoma yet. Game on. There's your decider. If one of them can catch Oklahoma, they're probably going to be in the Big 12 title game. And also, I wouldn't put it past two of them to catch Oklahoma with the way OU has played right now. All right, last thing I want to get to, uh, going to you, Jacob. 4-0 week for teams joining the Big 12. A 4-0 week. Also, yeah. what a nice win on the road for your BYU Cougars. Uh, what do you make of that? Also, what do you make of the uh, the, the Cincinnati Navy situation? Everybody's pooping oh, Navy. Chance. Oh, yeah. Man, only one by, or, or Cincinnati. The only one by seven points. Oh, God, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think the Cincinnati deal, just a quick note on that, is if they're going to legitimately stay in the college football playoff conversation and those first initial rankings come out a week from tonight, so November 2nd, looking forward to seeing where Cincinnati actually does slot in that, they've got to win by more. Uh, Navy's a weird team. They run the option. You were going to uh, Annapolis to play that game. Winning by seven points, you you won your clunker, right? And the guys over at Solid Verbal use that mm-hmm. term all the time. they yes, do. Uh, I, I it was a clunker so they won the clunker good good job on you guys so but i think going forward they've got to really start putting together impressive wins because we all know that the college football playoff committee is going to try and find something to nail them on and this that navy game might be one of the things that they point to now with regards to byu good to see them get back into the win column after back-to-back losses to uh, both boise state and baylor they did it the hard way Uh, washington state made it tough on them but They've got some momentum now, and Bronco Mendenhall, former BYU head coach, coming to Provo this Saturday night. So, should be some extra juice at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday.
0: The Bronco Bowl. And I also mentioned Houston gets a win against ECU in yeah. a weird game. It was delayed, I think. Uh then they get another and time. Half and then hours, also, I think. yeah, it was, it was delayed for a little while. And then uh, UCF, a 24 7 win over Memphis. So, four in a week for the future Big 12 teams. Uh, before we kind of wrap up the show here towards the end, I want to get your all's. Uh, Steven, uh, Linda, and John, we get your all thoughts about the Cincinnati thing. It is my opinion that the whole style points thing, like, Jacob's right. They're going to have to do that. It is my opinion they shouldn't. Like, I think OU is still a top-four team. I will set aside the fact that they beat Tulane by five. They, you know, get by Kansas here. But, like, to me, they're 8-0, right? And and they've been in close games, but they've been win winning the games. Cincinnati has wins on the road at Indiana. They have wins on the road uh, against, obviously, in, in South Bend against Notre Dame, who keeps winning. Like, sure, they had this this crappy game, but they've housed basically everybody else they've played. Steve, we'll go to you first. How do you feel about this whole, you know, what Jacob's talking about, the fact that they're going to have to get some style points? He's right, but, like, isn't it ridiculous that they're going to have to do that?
2: It is. I mean, this is not like Florida State in the first year of the college football playoff just squeaking by – everyone and and not seeming to be super interested in in winning ball games uh the cincinnati team's been really good now you know if it's three or four weeks in a row or you're just finding ways to win and not playing well then we have a conversation but if as if this is your one as jake laid out there like this is your one clunker the one game that you sort of throw your hands up and say okay we escaped Um, then I don't really see a problem. Bottom line, if they go undefeated, I think they should be in. Now, the big problem to me is still the SEC title game, which is probably going to be Alabama and Georgia. And how does that shake out if the Tide uh, gets a victory over Georgia and you end up with two SEC teams? Um, But for Cincinnati, like, all you can do is, is win the games in front of you. And, no, I don't believe in style points. I mean, I'll say TCU was sitting third in the college football playoff in 2014, they beat Iowa State fifty-five to three, and they dropped to sixth. So style points only work for some people; it doesn't work for everybody.
4: John, yeah, I think style points are ridiculous. It's one of my frustrations with college football in general. Uh, I love the NFL because all that matters is wins. You win your games, you advance, and I, and that's the thing I'm really looking forward to. This expansion at some point is that you you get to twelve teams in the college football playoff, and few like yes, there's going to be more arguments about who's number 11, who's number 12, but I could care less because you're the 13th and 14th best team. But if you're like, there's Fenton no style six,
0: points at nine and three, right? Yeah, We're not yeah. talking style points at nine, yeah, and, nine 10 and two.
4: To me, if you're Cincinnati, like this is long overdue for a group of five team to be in. And, and I, I said this on the show earlier this week that Cincinnati isn't necessarily the typical group of five team. They're an old big East hangover. Like mm-hmm. that was a power conference you know, within the last 20 years, just because the biggies fell apart. That's not necessarily Cincinnati's fault. Like that was a conference that had Miami, Virginia tech, Boston college, Cincinnati. I mean, Pittsburgh, like great, pretty great programs at one point in time. Right. And so like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think like if they go undefeated, I don't care what Ohio state's doing. If Oklahoma and Cincinnati are undefeated and the sec you know, get split at, you know, with Bama winning the SEC championship to me, that's your top four and sorry about you, Buckeyes, but that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah.
0: Before we get to you, like this, this gets the heart of the the best four teams thing, because the, the, the whole flaw with that is what you start doing is like projecting your idea of what right. best four means. And the problem is that it should be the best four resumes out there, not the best four teams, because if you start doing best four teams, I can look at the recruiting rankings and tell you, like, and, and watch a couple games and tell you who's the best four teams. And Ohio State's offense might be just absolutely all killer, no filler right now. But the issue with them is they have a loss to Oregon early in the season. And that should matter. Like you talked about, that that really should matter. Linda, go ahead and give your thoughts. Sorry to go in there before you.
3: No, like – a. Like John said, with the NFL, like wins matter. I have friends that strictly watch NFL that have started watching college football because I incessantly talk about Oklahoma state and they're like, what the hell is with uh, the everything in college football? Yes, exactly. The whole thing, (laughs) really the whole system is pretty flawed, but specifically with college football playoffs, they're like, you got to win every game and you also can't almost lose some games. Like it's there's, there's like, Hardly any margin for error, even error that you come out on top of. So I'm pretty against style points. And to Steven's point, they only apply to certain teams. And, and you can see it. You can see the bias happening when they put them together. So I'm I'm anti-style points.
4: Go ahead, John. Yeah, I'm just going to add one more thing. If there's a Big 12 champion that's one loss and there's a bunch of one-loss teams, Big 12 is not going to the college football playoff this year. 100%.
0: 100% with you on that, and 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 here's the thing is like Jake's right, it's gonna be it's gonna be style points, but here's the problem, is that they beat Notre Dame on the road. They're if they want to go undefeated, they're gonna have to beat SMU. They're probably, they're gonna have to beat. I don't know if uh, Houston. I'm I forgot how the AAC works, but they're gonna have to have to beat like Houston, SMU, and they have to beat one of them twice, right? And all of a sudden we're gonna be like, yeah, but you didn't win the way we we wanted you to. Yes, you went to South Bend to a team that we let in the playoff last year with one loss, right, to a, to a program that we think is really good. And, and hell, they might end up 11-1 and one this year. But now you got to win the way we want you to win the rest yeah. of the way. Or else we're going to put one loss Ohio State in who, guess what, crapped their pants at home against Oregon earlier in the season. Turns out I mean, Oregon's been so banged up. So, like, Oregon's win against UCLA was very impressive this week. I don't want to take anything away from them. But – like, if there's a one lost team that's going to deserve to get in, like, you know, Oregon fighting through all these injuries, trying to get in, like, that proves more to me as a resume builder than, you know, Ohio State blowing out all these teams. They're going to have plenty of shots down the road. But my whole point being here is like, I, I hate the, and it's not just because Cincinnati joined the conference. I hate now that we're, we're we're trying to find ways as like media to poke holes into it. And I think this, this should be the one time as a, as a as media, like, we should push for something is like, hey, look, if you guys, if this playoff committee really, because we know expansion's coming, we just don't know when it's going to come. And it's going to come eventually, but we don't know. Like, once again, so it could be down the line some. So, to be fair and to make everybody feel like a shot, like, I don't, I mean, how are we going to feel if we get to 13 and those Cincinnati and they get left out? Like, crappy. how? Yeah, we're all going to feel horrible about it. Like, and, and John, you know, you cover Oklahoma and we all, you know, we all, we all cover teams that have some, you know, some decent brands. And, like, man. I mean, how are we going to feel about our sport if that happens? It's 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 really not for everybody, right? It's an invitational at that point. Like, I don't love Danny Cannell, but I think on that he might be correct. It might be an invitational at that point. Anybody have any thoughts on the playoff stuff before we move on? Anybody want to add anything? Go ahead.
1: Back the Bearcats. Let's go back to the
0: Bearcats.
1: Start that hashtag up right now.
0: Let's do it on on the uh, on the old lockdown Big Twelve Twitter page. We'll do that. All right, uh, a couple more words from our sponsors here before we get out of here. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com to check out all of the available flavors now. They're covered in chocolate. Um, they've got raspberry, coconut, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry bar chia. If you don't like those flavors, F you. Uh, you should like those flavors. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Hello, one 5 lock 15 today. Check out their Built Go, Built Boost as well. They've got a bunch of Built products there. I'm sure you'll find something that you'll like. Once again, promo code LOCK15 today at built.com. Also, betonline.ag. They've got a new uh, silky smooth interface. You can do it on your phone. You can log on your phone or on your computer or your iPod Touch or whatever the hell you use to access the internet on. Uh, as long as you're 21 years old, you can go ahead and do so. You can sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked On, you'll get a fifty percent deposit bonus on your first deposit. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, all of them going on right now. You can bet on all of them today at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. All right, everybody, this is the, this is the segment of the show where we're going to ask a couple things of you. Number one, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? Could be inside the Big Twelve out to the big 12. And also if you'd like to contribute a sickos game of the week, you may contribute that as well. So uh, Jacob, do you, would, you like to, would you like to go first? You need some time to, to marinate.
1: Give me one second. I like to find that sickos games. So give me a minute. I'm going to find one here.
0: All right. So I will go, I will go first. Uh, what I'm looking forward to the most this week is Texas and Baylor. Uh, I'm going to go stay in the conference here. It's an awesome game. And do both teams coming off by Dave Ramsey team is a three point favorite. I love that. I love the Vegas is showing some respect there and then i'm gonna go in the conference for your sickos game of the week i mean i feel queasy just thinking about 330 i'm sorry steven 330 on espnu Ugh. let's go Let's go tcu at kansas state i mean who in the f knows what's going to happen in that game um that's what makes it the sickos sickos game of the week uh i would not be shocked if gp comes out and Heard our podcast and says, boom, 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 boom. Right right hook, left hook, across the face. Got you right there. That's my sickest game of the week. All right, Jake, are you good to go?
1: Yeah, I got one for you. All so, right, go ahead. Let's go. I think I'm looking forward to in the conference. I do wonder how uh, Texas Tech will respond, obviously, with losing their head coach. They go against Oklahoma. I'm not expecting Tech to win by any means, but I do wonder how they will respond Will they rally around one another, say, hey, let's go win this for Coach Wells? How will Sonny Cumby do as the interim head coach? I do have some interest in that regard, and just to see how things shake out on that front. And then my uh, Sickles game of the week, this is one that's interesting, and it's going to be close to your heart, Josh. And I know it's not necessarily a Sickles game, but Missouri-Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I, it's an interesting one in the SEC, kind of the cellar dwellers of the SEC there. but. I think the Tigers are going to be favored. Vanderbilt's very much in rebuild mode; they're kind of tearing that bad boy down to the studs. But it could be an interesting matchup. Eli Drinkwitz uh, done some interesting things with Missouri, and I think they get back to 500. But it could be an interesting game.
0: Yeah, let's hope it's uninteresting. That'd be a bad situation. Uh, Linda, do you, uh, what are you most excited to in or outside the conference?
2: Uh,
3: in the conference, you already covered it. It's Baylor, Texas. I think that'll be a really good game. But out of conference is the 11 a.m. Michigan-Michigan State game. I think it'll be a close game. And that's like my favorite kind of game to start a Saturday worth of watching college football. It's a good time to crack open a beer and just like really get immersed into uh, what your day beholds. So that's that's my kind of game to start my day.
0: Do you have like a game? It's like I'm like it's like sick. I'm excited for it. Like sick. as your sick. as game or no. Anything you're oh, embarrassed no. to be excited for
3: this week. Oh, no, no, not on, not on a college, not in the college world.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, go ahead. Yeah, it's a uh, SMU Houston is kind of intriguing to me. I mm-hmm. want to see what a uh, former Oklahoma Sooners, great Tanner Mordecai uh, continues to do uh, in the AAC, but also uh, Penn State, Ohio State is going to be a lot of fun. I think as well, the evening, the big 10 is going to have a weekend this weekend.
2: All right, Steven. Okay, so the game I'm most excited for, I'm going to go Conference USA, UTEP and Florida Atlantic. UTEP is 6-1. and one. They play UTSA next week, who's undefeated and has a bye. If they win, there's apparently a possibility that College Game Day could consider going to El Paso if UTEP can pull off the upset against Florida Atlantic, who is an 11-point favorite in that, in that contest. Um, in my Sickos game of the week, is going to be Arizona USC, 0-7 Arizona taking on a bad USC team. Oh, that's a uh, that's a let's let's see what time that kick is. That's six o'clock on ESPNU, baby. That's that's a TCU Virginia time slot. That's what you need right there.
1: Well, and the thing about that is, I probably should have picked that one myself because Arizona's trying to avoid a 20 game losing streak. 20 games.
2: It's not great. Oh my God, that's
0: could you imagine if Jed Fish going Arizona pull that one off? They almost got. They almost got Washington last week. Uh, and then one more game I'm going to nominate for a Sickos game. This one's a noon one. This one is all kinds of awful. We've got three and four Virginia Tech uh, going to three and four Georgia Tech. Uh, as somebody who's a Virginia Tech football fan, uh, I cheer for them a little bit. Um, grandparents had season tickets for 45 years, so we went to those games going up. I have to edit the Justin Fuente coaches show every single week. And if I, I mean, if you all ever want to know what a dead man walking sounds like, <laughs> Justin Fuente gives you an hour on Tech Talk Live every Monday night. Oh. and he, It's just a guy who knows he's, he is burnt toast. So uh, there you go. There's my sickos guy of the week. All right, time to plug. So, Jacob, you're up first. Plug anything and everything you'd like to.
1: Well, if you want more of my hot takes on BYU and the programs, quote-unquote, outside the Big 12, who are going to be members Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch, uh, host Locked on Cougars every day, covering all things BYU. You can search it out on all the major podcasting platforms under that name. It's also Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well.
3: Linda? Man, I hate going after Jacob. He's a good plugger. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can find Locked on Pokes at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter. Locked on Pokes, Facebook, all the uh, podcast apps. And, uh, mostly I do a lot of fantasy football stuff for my main account, but I live watch the games from the lockdown pokes account and it gets a little strange on Saturdays. Your, your kicker <laughs> updates make my day, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> undersell sell the
0: kicker. That's Thank great, John. You.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, locked on Sooners on Twitter at locked on Sooners and on Facebook locked on Sooners podcast, uh, Sooners wire. If you want more Sooners coverage in the written form. Oh, and John at John Nine Williams. That's me. yeah. There you, go, there you go. Also that.
2: I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. The show with that locked on TCU. If you enjoy TCU Corner, locked on TCU, <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, it's twenty more minutes of that. So every single every day, baby,
4: king of the analogy slash metaphor.
0: Okay. You like Colin Coward now because I'm not sure you ever listened to Colin Coward. It's <laughs> yeah. like your wife when your wife is yeah. like the wife metaphors is, is Colin Coward's Mm -hmm.
2: mainstream. Uh,